Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this episode, we're talking about digital piano method books with Joanna Shield. Today, lovely teachers, we're joined by Joanna Scheel again, who's one of the staff writers and editors at Vibrant Music. Joanna teaches online a lot and is coming on the show to chat to us about digital method books. So, Joanna, first of all, let's clarify what we even mean. What counts as a digital piano method? So these are method books that you can use on your computer. So they're virtual. You could use them on your iPads. They're really, I'm not talking about kind of physical books here. So they're materials and pieces that you can use to teach with your devices. Yeah. So stuff we don't have to print or buy in print, basically. Exactly. So why might we want to use one? What's the advantage? Yeah, well, you know, I've been teaching online for a few years now. And the advantage is, I mean, there's a few different advantages First of all, they save you time. You know, you can instantly access a PDF or an app on your computer. You know, if I need a material, I can instantly check it out. I can see sample pages. And so it's very easy to access these materials. And oftentimes they can be more affordable as well. Some of them are subscription based. So you can just sort of pop in and out as you need them. and there's some other advantages too. Oftentimes I'll get access to a backing track. There's an app that I love to use called SuperScore and the materials on that also come with backing tracks. You just load up the piece, the backing track is there and then you can slow it down, you can speed it up, you can change the instrumentation and yeah, it's all within reach. And the same with kind of theory materials as well. And, um, you know, I know VMT, we have a lot of screen games that I use and um, all accessible at click of a button I don't have to print anything I save time putting materials together so I'm a big fan yeah absolutely I would say in addition to it's obviously has huge advantages if you're teaching online because everything is digital anyway but even for teachers who are teaching in person and maybe use the physical books with their students I know my parents wouldn't be particularly happy if they had to do all of their piano on an iPad since they feel they're on the iPad too much but they can be great teacher copies so for studio use I think if, if they have both options which a lot of the ones we're talking about do 
It can be great as a studio copy because, as you say, the backing track will be right there or it'll have additional things linked and stuff like that. So as a teacher copy, they can be great for even if you prefer physical printed books for your students. Yeah, absolutely. And also just one more point on that is that I used to travel teach. I used to go to people's homes all the time. And, you know, there's nothing worse than arriving at someone's home and you haven't got the book. Or you think, oh, I'd love to try this out with the student, but we don't have the book yet and you have to wait for it. And then you have it on your iPad. It's all there for you. So that's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say you you would expect that the issue of students not having their books that you've already given them wouldn't happen when you travel teach, but it has happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just like, haven't they ordered it find yet. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, great option for travel teachers as well. It's often handy just to have a copy, a second copy of the book that your student is using, even if they have it already on the stand, to have in your lap, you know, so you can look at it more clearly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll go through now the four methods that you brought up in your article, because I think it gives a good overview of what's available out there. So the first one you mentioned in the article was Carol Matz's method, which I believe is just called the interactive piano method. Is that the right name? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Could you tell us a bit about that method and what it's like? Sure. Yeah. So this, it's kind of a hybrid method. So I, for my online students, they typically will get a physical book and then I'll have the digital copy. So they have something, it's also nice to have something tangible to kind of work with as well for students and as you said you know some parents may not you know want everything to be online you know just have a bit of off-screen time as well it's so valuable but this this method is designed you know to be used digitally so it is a book that is is quite self-contained so each lesson has its own corresponding theory work that can be done online and you don't need it's not an app so you just log in online and everything is there for you so once the student completes the piece they can go online and complete the corresponding theory work so if you're just starting out as a teacher and you're really unsure about kind of your curriculum or you're unsure about the materials that you need yet it can be really nice it's very self-contained and there's a lot of support for teachers as well, especially around online teaching. So if you're an online piano teacher, I think this is a really nice method, especially if you're just starting out, because it's really geared towards those kind of online lessons. Yeah. It sounds like it's quite handholdy, like that it really helps teachers through. So that's that's nice. Yeah, especially if you're a newer teacher or maybe just new to a particular, you know, when you're new to a particular method anyway, it's nice if it's really walks you through and you don't feel like you're lost at any point. Yeah, absolutely. It's maybe more of the, I would say more of the traditional reading approach type methods. So you might want to supplement it with some right pieces and maybe some extra pieces, extra repertoire that you feel the students might need. Or, you know, it could be maybe a more a mixture of genres or styles that maybe are not in the book. But it does teach lead sheet reading. It teaches improvisation, composition, all of those skills as well. So it is, it's very nice. Again, I would look at, at all of these methods. I always encourage supplementing and just looking through to see what is missing or what you could add in yourselves. But yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah, with the 
suggestion of rope pieces I absolutely would add in something like that and if teachers are listening and they need a suggestion of where to get rope pieces that would go along well I would recommend Samantha Coates's resource which is called Rope Repertoire so it's roterepertoire.com just because you can buy bundles of pieces you can buy one-offs and they're all pdfs so if you are teaching online and you're looking for something that would supplement really well in terms of rote teaching that would be a really good idea and there is a discount in the library for members that are listening as well so the next one on your list joanna was piano safari and i think many people listening will have heard of it because it's one of my favorite methods but they might not realize there's any kind of digital option with that so how does that work yeah so they are digitizing a lot of the material now. Every time I look, there's a new update or something new that's come out. So you can buy this for Kindle and you can also buy it for the SuperScore app. So if you're not familiar with the SuperScore app, it's just an app that you download onto your tablet and you can buy all kinds of pieces in there not just piano safari but there's a range of different books and it works really nicely with piano safari because you you know there's backing tracks you can slow the track down you can speed it up and it lines up with the music so students can see where they are in the piece as well so yeah it's it's actually very friendly digital friendly piano safari yeah Absolutely. If people haven't seen Superscore in, in action, it is hard to describe. Like Joanna said, it kind of lines up with the music. There's a moving line that's going across as the track plays, if there's a track. If people are curious, I do have a review on our YouTube channel. So if you just look for like Superscore review, maybe add colorful keys or maybe it'll just show up with that. You'll be able to see it because I show it on screen what it actually looks like. If you like to see things before you invest the time downloading another app and etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah that's a great option what about piano pronto then is there a way that you use that digitally yeah so you can buy that one of the downsides of living in the uk is that you can't some method books are just completely you can't really access them in in a physical way but piano pronto you can buy a digital copy so you can get a studio license for your home but you know unlimited copies or you can get a solo um, gorgeous one book. So if you want to try out one book and see how it goes. But you can get a digital copy and it's just a PDF. And what I like to do is I will send off the PDF to be printed for my students in the UK. And they'll get a physical copy. And I will have a digital copy myself. And I just keep all of my PDF resources on Google Drive. So if my computer dies or I have some other accident, <laughs> it's all there for me. I've not lost anything. And I just pull it up for the lesson and I use Zoom to screen share everything. So I will just annotate on the screen and students can copy that in their books and it works very well. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it is great that the digital option is there. It's a shame they don't deliver any more to the EU either, by the way. Not just the UK, but I understand it just wasn't worth it for her business-wise. So it's sure. great that the digital option is there. And as you say, you can get them printed, which is what I do as well. So finally, then the other one you brought up is Supersonics. How does this work in the digital format? Yeah, so Supersonic is a subscription. So you pay a monthly fee. I think there may, I think there's an annual fee as well, and you get access to all of the Supersonics material. So there's an app, and then there's also like an online portal that you can log into on your computer. And each student gets their own dedicated space. So you can set the uh, account up for them. And they can access anything that you want them to access. So they have 
method books up to kind of intermediate level. And then they have some solo repertoire books. They have some great pieces books. They have some really fun kind of adventure type pieces in there as well. And yeah, so I find that the supersonics methods, it's really great for students that love that kind of film music type vibe. Students that (laughs) maybe love more exciting you know there's a lot lots of backing tracks with guitars and drums and things like that so yeah it's it works really well i mean it works well for boys it works well for teenagers i think and it works well i find that the patterns the pieces can be really patterned as well so if you have a student that's really struggling with sight reading for example it can be really good for those kind of students too to start working on finding those patterns and pieces yeah so I've used some of Daniel McFarlane's uh, supplemental books, but not the method, but I assume it's fairly similar and I haven't used it digitally. I do find that it's really useful for students. I would say, yeah, this does tend to be a lot more boys than girls, but girls as well that are into video games that just yeah. hear that music all the time because it's so repetitive and they're just used to that kind of, you know, a lot of it is just highly patterned, fast orchestrated as you say stuff stuff going on in the background (laughs) and they're kind of just used to that so we're trying to find an in that that is their musical language I guess that can be really useful for them and as you say if they need some help with intervallic reading that can be useful for that as well would you say that the app and the site does the student need to use both do they use one or the other and do they find it easy to navigate yeah, so I tend, I again, just give them the physical copy of the book so you can access all of the materials. You can print them off yourself or you can send them to be printed. They are quite big books and they are, I find there's a lot of material in there. So you probably don't need to do everything in the book, but that makes things a lot easier. And I feel that with a lot of online stuff, I do need to be quite repetitive and really encourage students to use these materials but once they do start using them then they they're very comfortable with it so you might need to go you know I like to just give them a physical copy of their online login and their password so if you have students that are maybe a little bit tech averse or just have a lot of things to remember you just you know they are struggling a little bit I mean I'm teaching online so hopefully a lot of my students are a little bit more on the tech savvy side but they might need a lot of reminding I mean they do sometimes struggle to find their password or their login so you might like to keep things a bit consistent over all the platforms that you're using as well so that can be a little bit of a disadvantage but I think with a bit of repetition, if you're using it in lesson as well, you can show them how to log in, just encourage them every week and eventually you'll get, they'll get it. Yeah, I think repetition is key as with many things, <laughs> just like you said. With anything like this where a student has to log in, if students are coming to you, I would get them to bring your their device. If they're going to use their phone, take out their phone and log in right now together like that is often the way to get it done and it's not a waste of lesson time because it's going to make their practice so much more efficient and often it isn't with the younger students it's not the student who's not tech savvy it's the parent and that does happen Mm -hmm. and and you need to then have a call with the parent and talk to them about how they log into this thing or call them into the studio or whatever it may be but yeah it's good to know a bit more about that method because I'm less familiar with it 
So how do we store this, these files and things like that? Do you, you mentioned you use Google Drive. Is there any other option that you'd recommend? Well, you could also use something like Dropbox. I mean, Google Drive is, the, is my go-to just because it's super affordable. I think you get some kind of space free in your account anyway, if you have a free account. And to be honest, as PDFs don't take up a lot of space. However, I know that some people really do not like using Google. They might prefer a different a different storage method. So Dropbox would be my other go-to. Or maybe cloud, the cloud, iCloud, if you have a Mac, could be a good option. I just keep everything in one place. I think that's the most important thing is just making sure that you have a dedicated place to keep everything and that you're in the habit of putting all of your PDFs and all of your materials in those places quite you know, organized so that you can access them as and when you need them. I think that's really important. Yeah, we get that question quite frequently from teachers about like, how do you organize your digital stuff? And usually the big mistake they're making is it's not in one place. Like, it doesn't even matter what your folder system is, really. It matters that you have one folder system and that you follow it consistently so that you know where to look. Because if everything is in Google Drive, and you need to search for supersonics, you just type supersonics into the search bar, you know? Whereas if you don't know whether it's in Dropbox or Google Drive or on your desktop screen or whatever, that's where it can get really annoying really fast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, pick one and stick to it, whatever's comfortable for you. So what other digital resources do you like to use alongside digital method books? Are there things that you find to be good pairings with your digital method? So a lot of the materials on VMT are fantastic. There are a lot of screen on-screen games. So oftentimes now I am just using an on-screen game and that goes onto, that's just on Google Drive. So I think it is, what's it called? The screen. <laughs> on Google Drive, the slides? Yeah. Yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Google Slides. <laughs> yeah, they're in Google Slides mostly, yeah. <laughs> Yes, that just loads up on Google Slides and I just keep a copy on there. Otherwise, I just write. I'll write out notes on Zoom. You don't need to be, it doesn't need to be anything complicated. If I'm like, te you know, testing rhythms or something, I'll just write some quickly up on the screen or I'll draw out a stave quickly and we'll test, you know, some theory. I know Nicola, you have some great theory books that I love to use as well. And they also have, so there's the Thinking Theory series and they are digital. You can buy them digitally. You can buy them as a physical copy for your students if you want to. And they have YouTube tutorials for flipped learning throughout the book as well. And that's really useful. I use things like Tanara. I use as a practice app and in there I can put any PDFs or I can put, you know, links to videos to watch or any audio. So it's all in one place as well. And then there's some apps that I love to use. I don't use too many apps. I use them as and when I, I want to, but the one that I use the most at the moment is Flashnote Derby. And that's really useful for just testing note names in a kind of exciting way landmarks and landmark notes and things like that but yeah there's there's quite a few different apps being released every day so it's worth just keeping an eye on things but again only use what i need like you know if you feel like there's a gap then you can go search for it but i wouldn't try to overwhelm yourself with every single thing that is out there just see you know what where there's a gap in your curriculum or where there's a gap in your books and what you feel like your student needs 
next day, if you don't have that resource for it, see if you can find some digital resources and add them to your collection. Yeah, and ask the teaching community for what's working for them. But like you say, when there's a gap, when there's an issue, don't just go, oh, Johanna said Rational Darby, I have to use that. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the best fit for you unless you need to work on note names and like it looks appealing to your students. I will just mention on the Rational Darby thing, if Americans are confused right now, you would say Flashnote Derby. So that's oh. the name. <laughs> that's how they pronounce it over there. So and I don't know where the app creators are from, but we say Derby over here in Ireland and the UK. So thank you so much for joining us on the show, Joanna. This has been wonderful. It's great to get a tour of the digital piano methods that are out there. Thank you. Yeah, it's been linked to explore them all and there'll be more and more added, I'm sure. So I'm excited to see what, what happens in the future. Yeah, we'll keep on top of it. So we would love to hear about your experience with digital piano methods or the apps we mentioned today. Do write to us on Instagram. Come find the post, which has the title of this episode in it, on Instagram and leave a comment there. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you ever get overwhelmed by all the different teacher training options out there, Vibrant Music Teaching is the place for you. We nickname our members Flamingos because they're masters of balancing all of the things and making it all work in a way that isn't overwhelming. We have tools to help you do that inside Vibrant Music Teaching. So go to vmt.ninja and sign up today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.